0: The Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. We're also brought to you by the Golf Gambling Podcast Made Stealth 2 Driver Giveaway. Head over to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash driver to enter today before the big drawing on April 8th. We're also brought to you by Baseball Money is Fake, our fantasy baseball podcast. Join Blake and Ryan three times a week and get all the player breakdowns and statistical data you need to dominate. another week of the alt fantasy sports podcast i am adam pelletier and that is justin mark aka caitlin clark's other burner twitter account who's into alt football justin how you doing tonight
1: hey we haven't talked in two weeks since i was not here last week
0: you (laughs) stuck me having to have a guest on last week who was good. It was enjoyable. Yeah. It was nice to have a new voice on there. Uh, you know, but I missed you a little bit. I'm, I'll be honest. I missed you, Justin. It just wasn't the
1: same. Missed you too, bud.
0: There we go. All right. So Justin, uh, we're going to hit the XFL quick because quite frankly, your XFL fantasy season is either getting ready to get going, in which case you drafted a good team or it's in the shitter. So who cares? Cause it's week eight <laughs> week before the playoffs start in most leagues. Three weeks left of the XFL season. Justin, let's talk about these games. We had a Sea Dragons Renegades game where the Renegades continued to be absolutely putrid offensively. Who stood out to you there from a fantasy standpoint?
1: Well, nobody on the Renegades. I guess Devonta Smith had two touchdowns, but um this was all Sea Dragons. Jordan Visi. I know there's a lot of mouths to feed, but he looked good. Uh had a big 47-yard catch. So um, we've said it before. If you can get pieces of the sea dragons, grab them.
0: Yeah, you got to throw those guys like Jordan VC, or Juwan Green or Josh Gordon. They're a flex play every week. Um, and on the Renegades, Davion Smith, not Devonte Smith. Oh, wrong league, there. <laughs> wrong position. Davion Smith being the physical, bruising runner. We all knew he was going to be coming into this year. Drew Plitt, not terrible, but and Victor Bolden got involved, but. Other than that, this Renegades offense continues to be putrid. We'll see what Luis
1: Perez does. Yeah. I imagine he's got to start next week. It, you know, but the biggest news out of Seattle is the Philip Lindsay signing. So
0: yes. Justin, where do you stand on that one?
1: Oh, I love that move. He's a hard runner, but he also can catch the ball out of the backfield very well. So I think he's going to fit this offensive scheme very well.
0: I, I mean, to me, it's just it's an indictment of TJ Hammonds and Darius Brandwell. Like you have guys who have been with you all year and you're going out and bringing in a guy who was on an NFL roster last year and you're bringing in him for a three game showcase. He's going to get work. As soon as Philip Lindsay is available on waivers, this is a move. That's a guy that you blow your fab on whatever yeah, fab sure. you have left. You bid it. You need to go get Philip Lindsay today because
1: he's just, he's too good to not. Even if you're going to miss the playoffs, do it so that somebody else doesn't get him. Yeah, you got to keep that
0: guy off of your opponent's roster. So anyways, moving on to the next one. Next game, San Antonio and Vegas, San Antonio. That offensive line has taken out more quarterbacks than any defensive line in the XFL has at this point. For sure. My ribs hurt just watching Kurt Banker get drilled.
1: Yeah, uh, very rough game for him. He looks decent. Um, I mean, nothing jumped off the page, but he looked decent until he got hurt, of course. So, unfortunate for him. Landon Akers looked good. He came back from injury and put up some good numbers, so that was nice to see. But otherwise, not much to talk about for the Braumas.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely Landon Akers looked good. Jaquez Patrick was the guy we thought he'd be. Got check down work. You know, you're starting Jaquez Patrick every week, though. Fred Brown, kick return touchdown, that's a little interesting. And a receiving touchdown.
1: Our so first big kickoff return of
0: 2023. Don't right, forget yeah. we had one in 2020. Uh, you know, and we'll see what San Antonio does. San Antonio probably in the market for a quarterback because I don't think Pankert's going to roll out there with broken ribs.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: And on the Vegas side, Jalen McClendon came in and was an absolute revelation. Just firing it on all cylinders, making Brett Hundley look incompetent, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, the overpaid backup Hunley nowhere to be seen, and McClendon looked good, almost matched his college touchdown total. So that was nice. In um, what a hill- professional game you got to be yeah.
0: wondering why wasn't Jalen McClendon starting in college? Yeah,
1: for sure, you know.
0: And looking ahead, you know, with quarterbacks short, go get Brian, go get Jalen McClendon.
1: My only concern is the Vipers are the only team that's been eliminated from the playoffs. So, do they keep playing? Do they keep uh, pushing it down the field, or do they? to give up on themselves.
0: I don't think they're going to give up on themselves. I think in a small league like this, especially where guys, yes, you're eliminated, but you're going to play hard because you're playing for your next contract. True, and true. Guys playing for their next contract are always dangerous. It's why we love in week 17 and 18 of the NFL season, looking at who has what contract incentives. And so give me the Vipers. That's a team that's got nothing to lose. They're going to be loose. They're going to be playing hard. I'm excited to see them play down the stretch here.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see if McClennan can keep it up. You know, moving on, we have the previously
0: undefeated defenders falling. Does this mean the 2020 Houston Roughnecks pop champagne to celebrate the loss of the only undefeated team remaining?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess they didn't get or to did finish they the pop season. A
0: Bud Light Celsey.
1: <laughs> there you go. The, that's probably more like it. Um, yeah. yeah, this this was the best game to watch of the, the weekend. This was a, a hell of a game.
0: Yeah, I mean, just absolutely. And some fantasy stands out. Chris Blair, five catches, 139 for a touchdown, including an 86-yard touchdown. Lucky Jackson, another revelatory week. The defenders passing attack, Jordan Taumou, 21-29, finally starting to look like they could be something. And Derek King continues to be fantasy relevant in limited action. Three rushes for 20 yards, and he threw for a touchdown. Like, you could start the Brahmas quarterback, or you could start Derek King. One of these is a reliable option. The other one isn't.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he keeps seeing the field, and as long as he's on the field for a couple plays at least, he's going to be relevant. Yeah. So, you know,
0: and then on the other side of the field, the Guardians, Quentin Tormady. Just let me tell you right now, <laughs> I took it to some people because I had Quentin Dormady on my roster and Chris Blair. Quentin Dormady and Chris Blair just absolutely allowing me to demolish some people this week. Dormady, three passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. I think we need to look back into the annals of XFL fantasy and spring fantasy football. That might be a top three performance, individual performance by a player.
1: Yeah, I feel like it has to be. Um, what a game. And he's got these Guardians trending upward um, with a weak division that they're in. It'll be interesting to see what the next couple of weeks bring. I mean, I think they're still out of the playoffs, but
0: guys playing for their next job.
1: Got they can still it. make got the playoffs.
0: It. Oh, they can still make the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta Brahmas like and
1: Renegades suck. So.
0: Oh, that's true. <laughs> they're in the South. Shit, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. All right. That's going to be interesting. And, and then lastly, the Battle Hawks and the Roughnecks, you know, the Battle Hawks, the Darius Shepard, Marcel Aitman came back and was less involved. It was Darius, it was the Darius Shepard show and Hakeem Butler doing things and Gary Jennings getting a touchdown for St. Louis.
1: Yeah, Shepard's been kind of that guy. I mean, Butler still gets involved, of course, but Shepard's been that guy. He's been very reliable for them the past couple weeks.
0: And then on the other side of the field, the Houston Roughnecks, I mean, they've just been lost without John Trey Kirkland.
1: Yep. Agreed. And
0: they brought in Michael Bandy and that wasn't what they needed. They needed a field stretcher and they still don't have a field stretcher. I wonder if there's another move to be made for them, but if they don't figure out, if AJ Smith doesn't figure out something fast, this Roughnecks team is sunk. Yeah. Agreed. You know, and you know, they're a team that's – it's tough. It's tough. It's tough.
1: And when, as – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, as much as Brandon Silver started to look bad, obviously Cole McDonald couldn't get it done. So um, they got to hope that Silvers recovers from that tricep injury but, soon. But
0: I don't know that that's Cole McDonald's fault. I think that's an offensive scheme issue. I mean, that could, they're just yeah.
1: lacking. They're, he
0: doesn't have the chips on the table to make something happen. He doesn't have access – to the tools he needs, you know, but speaking of accessing the tools that you need, you know, we're brought to you by underdog fantasy right now. Underdog fantasy is a great place to get down on fantasy and player props all year long. Underdog fantasy has your favorite NBA, NHL and MLB daily games. Plus they're already doing best ball drafts for the 2023 NFL season. And this is where having the right tools comes in because you can head on over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. For a 100% deposit bonus up to $100, that's underdogfantasy.com promo SGPN. Double your initial investment right off the bat. That is access to tools that Cole McDonald wishes he had. (laughs) Justin, Mark. (laughs) Justin, the XFL wrapping up. Yeah. And sneakily, in 12 days, we have USFL football to look forward to. Justin, Drafts are happening over on Alt fantasy right now. And people are clamoring. You released an article, but Justin, let's talk about this.
1: All right. Let's What's do your it.
0: top 15 look like for USFL? Let's start at number 15 and work our way up from there.
1: Yes. I'm sure we're going to have some disagreements here, but. Um, I look forward to some vehement
0: disagreements. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm going to go with a tight end that had some experience in the NFL at number 15, Jay Sternberger. He finds himself on the Stallions, and I think he's going to be able to have kind of a Bug Howard-like role. Um, was okay at the NFL, you know, never broke out, of course, but at least got some time, and I, I think he's going to play hungry. So, yeah, I like uh, Jay Sternberger as my 15th.
0: You're not worried at all that Carrie Angeline was there already, been there in the offense you know a guy who might take away work or that they have you know it's a run first offense there in birmingham you know Mm -hmm. two stud running backs and then they do have some receivers to take shots i just sternberger makes me nervous that's all that's fair but at my 15 whereas justin picked a guy on the team who has plenty of options I picked a guy on a team absolutely devoid of options. Bailey Gaither, wide receiver, Pittsburgh Maulers. I mean, Bailey Gaither came on late last year and really was just dominant late for the Maulers. He was a bright spot for that Maulers offense, which struggled that time. But, you know, new year, new team, you know, I just, Bailey Gaither, receivers and skill position players are hard to come by So give me some Bailey Gaither, especially in DPR formats.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was kind of the the only relevant person on that team last year, so I like it. I mean, he
0: finished last USFL season with 24 catches for 328 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, just a nice, nice, reliable season. He's a guy who gets open. Great safety blanket for all uh, all of his quarterback options. Did you have Gaither falling in anywhere on your list? I did not. I and stayed I had, away from
1: all Maulers. <laughs> and I
0: had Sternberger off of mine. So we're uh you know, we're off to a good start
1: here. We're giving people diversity. <laughs> so you moving
0: go. up to 14, who you got there?
1: I got uh the uh Mark Thompson. Sorry, switched off the wrong screen. Um yeah. running back for the Gamblers. He he had some good games last year. I think they're going to keep continuing to get him involved. So yeah, I got Mark Thompson at 14.
0: 14. You have him all the way down there. I've got Mark Thompson at 10. I just feel okay. like let's talk about Mark Thompson in a little bit here when we get to him at 10. <laughs> let's pair. not let's not bury people now at 14. Uh I've got Jordan Sewell at 14, wide receiver Philadelphia stars. Um, you know, where's Sewell slotting in for you right now?
1: Um, you know, I was stuck between either putting him or Chris Roland at eleven, and I ended up going with Roland just because I heard you mention Sewell um we, before we met here today. So uh he's I'm just gonna put him just outside my 15 because I could have had him at eleven instead of Roland, but I think they're both uh very valuable fantasy pieces.
0: Yeah, I mean I just look at Jordan Sewell last year, 37 catches for 379 and three touchdowns, 58 targets. You know that makes him. You know he was top ten in targets, top ten in receptions. He was a guy who was getting consistent work there in Philly. You know, and he and Bug Howard were right on top of each other. And then you got to go a ways to find Chris Roland all the way down the list of pass catchers there in Philly. And I just think Jordan Sewell gonna ha- has that rapport with Case Cook is gonna maintain it. And you know, he's a guy who's produced.
1: All right, you talked me into it. I'll put him at 11 instead of Roland.
0: <laughs>
1: I'll switch him. <them. laughs> all right, uh, 13. Who are you looking at there? Johnny Dixon of the Breakers. Um, Ooh. Yeah, speedy guy. Can, uh make some big plays. And I, I like, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the Breakers look like without Kyle Slaughter, or maybe since he got cut, he goes back there. But, um, yeah, I like Johnny Dixon.
0: The disrespect for Johnny Dixon
1: all the way at 13.
0: Johnny Dixon is a top 10 USFL option. He's <laughs> a guy. Like, is Mac, is, Mikkel, is McLeod Bethel Thompson an upgrade?
1: Are we sure, sure he <laughs> isn't?
0: Are we sure Akil Glass isn't an upgrade? Yeah, like, I'm not Kyle sure. Might has be. now been in comp has now been really kind of, he's bounced out of another, he bounced out of the XFL. And even last year, his numbers were kind of, they weren't terrible, but he was right. yardage heavy and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't careful with the football. You have a yeah. veteran now coming in and McLeod Bethel Thompson or a rookie in a kill glass, both big armed guys. Johnny Dixon's a receiver who can go up and get the ball. It or just, he's a speed. He's a speed demon deep, deep mm-hmm. you know, five eleven, maybe not as big as you'd hope, but again, Average 10 yards a catch last year, four touchdowns, just really was able to stretch the field. And that was with Kyle Sloater's inaccuracy. He had 68 targets last year. Yeah. I just, where, I, where did you say you had Johnny? I had Johnny at seven. Seven, okay. Yeah, I had Johnny Dixon at seven. All right, moving on. Oh, I got my 13, though. Alonzo Moore
1: of the New Jersey Generals. I have a rule I can't put former Huskers on my top 15. So.
0: <laughs> so the reason why you need to be in on Alonzo Moore is because the two pass catchers ahead of him in New Jersey, two of the three pass catchers ahead of him in New Jersey are no longer on the roster. Darius mm-hmm. Shepard is in the XFL, Helen Kevonte Turpin is in the NFL. Trey Williams is also ahead of him at 24, but Moore at 23. On 35 targets, you know, was pushing the field a little bit more. 365 yards through the air, three touchdowns. Definitely a deep threat, push, you know, for a team that's going to look to push the ball down the field. DeAndre Johnson can sling it deep down the field. And Alonzo Moore had some good numbers for San Antonio in the AAF and Seattle in the XFL, was underutilized really in both of those leagues. So I look forward to him being the number – I feel like he's the number one target there in New Jersey.
1: Yeah, no, I like it, and I think he is a very talented guy. Um, really started – it seemed like he started slow last year and then really started breaking out. So I imagine he's going to be even better this year. So that I like that pick. Yeah. Not uh, that I want to agree with you, but I like that pick. Not that you <laughs> want to agree
0: with me. You know, but, it, you know, it's just it's a little bit more peaceful when we all just agree, you know. But I'll tell you right <laughs> now, you know what isn't peaceful, Justin? What Going golfing with me. Okay. And I imagine it's because I've shirked on my clubs because <laughs> golf clubs are expensive. But luckily, the Golf Gambling Podcast is here for this. Golf Gambling, we're brought to you by the Golf Gambling Podcast and their Tailor Made Driver Contest. This contest is free to enter and a chance to win an awesome tailor-made driver. So you can upgrade from whatever club that you inherited from your dad dad's bag from the 80s to a nice new tailor-made driver, Justin. I know you're salivating over that for the, like, 30 <laughs> days each year that there's not snow on the ground in Idaho for y'all to golf up there. Uh, the drawing will take place on Sunday, April 8th, so make sure you get in by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver.
1: I'm just going to start wearing my Hawkeye hat for this podcast from now on. So everybody. Your
0: Buckeye hat? Thanks.
1: <laughs> so everybody thinks you're the confused one. <laughs>
0: Your wild hat.
1: Got it. So uh, we left
0: off at 13. Who you got at number 12?
1: I'm sure this is where everybody will think I'm crazy. That's okay. I'm all right being crazy. I got Carson Strong, quarterback for the Panthers. This guy could sling it at Nevada. Um, his senior year, 4,186 yards, 36 touchdowns and eight interceptions. I I just think he's going to exceed in the USFL. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, I told you beforehand that I just kind of picked my favorites. That's not true. However, Carson Strong, he's one of my favorites. So I had to put him in here.
0: I, I mean, I get what you're saying with Carson Strong. I just... At the end of the day, he's a he is a rookie quarterback. He's a rookie quarterback who doesn't have reps in a system that wasn't friendly offensively last year. I don't know if things are going to change, but I don't even have Carson Strong in my top 15. Granted, I only have I only have two quarterbacks in my top fifteen because a lot of the quarterbacks for me are in that 16 to 20 range, 16 to 25 range just because We've seen the uncertainty. I only think there's really two quarterbacks that I'm locking into their jobs right now. And so that's why I'm hesitant to spend a lot of capital on it, where I could spend more capital on a running back or a wide receiver who's, you know, and at the end of the day, people are like quarterbacks in spring football. But I looked at the numbers last year for the USFL. The high leverage players were your running backs and wide receivers. They were scoring a lot higher than anybody else. The top four. Deltas were running back, wide receiver, running back, and wide receiver before we got to Jordan Talamu at quarterback at number five. And then there was another big gap before the next quarterback all the way down at 22.
1: That's interesting.
0: I mean, I'm a little shocked by it because I've always been of the mindset that you go get the quarterback early. Yeah, same. But I think the elite quarterbacks do have a differentiating factor. And so that's where I think I'm pivoting my theory is there's probably one or two quarterbacks you got to have and then everybody else you can kind of guess on later and somebody you're going to be able to fill it in later makes sense so at 12 on that note I have Stevie Scott running back for the Michigan Panthers because Stevie Scott has some absolutely electric game breaking ability and he also has six foot two, 231 size. So he's a physical runner. He's a bruiser. Both he and Reggie Corbin had about equal touches last year, you know. And Reggie Corbin just found the seam a few more times and had an 88 yard run Well, Stevie Scott's longest was 13. But Stevie Scott got the goal line work and had three touchdowns to Corbin's two. So I like Stevie Scott coming back this year in a little bit more of a ground and pound role. And especially if they're going to go with a guy like Carson Strong, I think Stevie Scott's still going to get some. I think uh, Corbin might lose some work between the 20s, but I could see Stevie Scott keeping that
1: goal line work, whereas Corbin's going to lose some work. Well, I mean, at least we both had Panther players at number 12. We we can agree on that.
0: <laughs> we can,
1: we can, we can. Uh, what about at your eleven slot? Well, I had Roland, but you talked me into Sewell instead of Roland. So I got Jordan Sewell there. (laughs) Jordan Sewell there. All right. Well,
0: I got Trey Quinn
1: at 11. You know, I think that Trey Quinn is, he's an NFL
0: caliber receiver. We've seen him work. Mm -hmm. We saw him work out of the slot for Washington there. Um, There was that one glorious week where Trey Quinn won you at least a week, that fateful Thanksgiving day against the Dallas Cowboys for the Washington football team. So, you know, raise your hand if you put him in your lineup that week. It was a great week. Um, but he's going to be a young quarterback's friend. You know, a guy like Carson Strong, Josh Love, Eric Barrier. going to need a guy that they, that they can trust to get open. And I think Trey Quinn's that guy in that offense. I mean, Michigan last year had Lance Lenore, who was an explosive, deep threat. You know, he was number one in catches last year. You know, and Devin Ross was quietly also up there as well. So there's plenty of vacated targets, you know, particularly Lenore working underneath. And I think Trey Quinn is a guy who can fill that role.
1: Yeah, I like it.
0: Uh number 10.
1: I had Mark Thompson here. Who'd you have? Jonathan changed my name to Jay Adams for the Breakers. All right. Yeah. you want to talk about Jonathan Adams first or Mark Thompson?
0: Because I got Jonathan Adams at eight. So now seems as good a time as any to talk about Jonathan Adams.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing I just see with him as a playmaker. I mean, we saw him make one-handed catches last year. He did that in preseason in the, in the NFL. He's a guy who can go up and get the ball. And uh, he's a big red zone target. I know he didn't get a lot of touchdowns last year, but he is a big red zone target that hopefully they utilize better. So, yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Jay Adams.
0: Yeah, I mean, three touchdowns last year really speaks volumes to that, especially with, again, we talked about Sloters' inaccuracies in the red zone and the, his inability to get touchdowns. You know, also Jonathan Adams,
1: 6-3. Yeah. A
0: lot of corners you're going to get in the USFL and XFL are going to be guys who might have some athleticism but are going to be undersized and unable to play. Jonathan Adams at 6'3" is going to be able to victimize those guys and with whoever is going to be throwing him the ball in New Orleans whether that's going to be McLeod Bethel Thompson or kill Glass or Davis Cheek. They're going to enjoy having a guy with 6'3" who can go up and get the ball and he had 400 yards last year, you know, good for you know a top, you know, fifth most yardage in the league, you know, and 31 catches, three touchdowns. Touchdowns are fluky. That could change yeah. really quickly for Jonathan Adams. Yep. Especially with Sal Canala out of the fold in yeah, New sure. Orleans yeah, as well. Uh and number 10, Mark Thompson. You know, for me, Mark Thompson, we talked about it a little bit, just an absolutely physical, bruising runner, averaged four yards a carry, two touchdowns those numbers are low those are going to go up this Houston offense was abysmal at the red, in the red zone last year and i think i think they got a coaching upgrade this year yeah. and i so i'm excited to see mark thompson now with some better with some more reps and you know a more commitment to a running quarterback who aren't the biggest so they're going to need mark thompson at the goal line to just put his head down get the 2 yards
1: and get in the end zone Yeah, for sure. Uh, Number nine, who'd you have there? My guy. Um, If you've heard me talk USFL, you know I've talked about him before, Bug Howard. Um, Used to play receiver at North Carolina, plays tight end in the USFL, and is just one of those guys that is really hard to cover. I love Bug Howard.
0: We are in alignment here. Bug Howard at number nine. You know, again, you just hit all of it. He had 30 catches for 371 and four touchdowns last year. You know, he started to ball out for the AAF late in the year for the Atlanta Legends before having a cup of coffee with the Denver Broncos and the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now back again, you know, look for Bug Howard in Philly. You know, Case Cookus is going to need guys to throw the ball to. And no one is a better friend to a quarterback than a big-bodied tight end. But also, just do keep an eye on—he is on the inactive list right now.
1: Yeah, I did see that. I—I um, I don't know if he's just got a lingering issue or injury. I know that's why he got cut out of the NFL, um, but I think he'll be all right. We hope so. You know, just have that caveat that Bug Howard might
0: not be someone you're going to target necessarily early because of that. So uh, then my number eight, we talked about Jonathan Adams. who do you have at your number
1: eight? Um, so it makes me a little nervous after you gave me these quarterback stats here, but I got quarterback Jamar Smith of the stallions. Um, I, he just, he took over last year and just played so well that I think he he's going to come back with some of the same weapons, same offense. And I think he's going to put up some good numbers.
0: I mean, Jamar Smith last year, third in passing yards, third in touchdowns, two almost a two to one interception to touchdown ratio or touchdown to interception ratio. So you like to see all of these things, you know. But you got to wonder, Birmingham did believe in Alex Magoo, yeah, you you know. And are they going to stick with Jamar Smith? It's going to be hard to go away from a championship winning quarterback, especially one who ran for nearly 200 yards as well. But Magoo is no slouch. If Jamar struggles, if Jamar gets banged up, he could lose time to a guy who could steal his job. Who, in theory, is just as talented, if not more talented, than Alex Magoo. Now, I don't know that Alex Magoo is more talented, but his he can still
1: run the offense well. His so, college
0: yeah. coach picked Alex Magoo ahead of Jamar Smith. Let's just right. remember that. As much
1: as we <laughs> love Jamar Smith, Skip True. Holtz
0: picked Alex Magoo ahead of Jamar Smith.
1: Very true. Y- you know, moving on to number seven.
0: Who are you looking at there?
1: Uh number seven, I got another quarterback. So again, you made me nervous here, but this is a guy that everybody is also going to think I'm crazy on, but I'm all right with that because that means I can draft him late. Cole Kelly of the showboats. He's six foot seven Um, He was a a beast his senior year at Southeastern Louisiana. I know that's playing on a a smaller scale than some of these bigger colleges, but I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, I expected him to get more of an NFL shot than he did, and I think he's going to do very well in the USFL. I'm excited about Cole Kelly. Why not
0: Ryan Willis?
1: I just, I think Cole Kelly is, I'm not sold on Ryan Willis. I saw him play a little bit at Virginia Tech. Um, I think Cole Kelly's a better quarterback. He, he's he got some rush, rushing ability. He's got that big frame. And, yeah, I just think he's going to come in and win that job.
0: And, again, Brady White was on this team last year. Don't forget. You know, that's yeah. the other thing I think you got to be cautious of. Brady White was on the team last year, had a chance to learn the system. It, you know, it, you're going to – the showboats make me nervous at quarterback. I'm going to be honest. They're probably the team that – I'm most nervous about their quarterback situation just because them and the Maulers, I don't necessarily see a clear dominant force there. And anytime there's some vagueness that makes me nervous in spring football because we end up with a San Antonio situation or a Vegas situation, or last year we end up with the Maulers and the Panthers who just churn through quarterbacks like nobody's business.
1: That's fair. You just got to trust me. Cole Kelly's the guy. (laughs) You just like Cole Kelly because he's listening to
0: your DMs. He replaced Brian Scott.
1: With my heart, nobody can replace Brian Scott. You take that back. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, at number seven, a player who will make a difference for you. Johnny
0: Dixon, 37 catches, 359 and four touchdowns. We talked about him earlier. You had him lower. I had Johnny Dixon and Jonathan Adams seven and eight, because I think they are the most clear, clear cut top wide. They're the best wide receiver duo out there. And I have confidence that two of the three quarterbacks in new Orleans can do a good job getting them the ball Davis cheeks. I'm not sold on, but if he can beat out McLeod Bethel Thompson and a glass, I think that's a really good thing. That means Davis cheeks is a baller. Yeah,
1: for sure. All right, we're getting down to it. Number six, who'd you have? The Philadelphia Stars running back, Matt Colburn. Um, he's a very good running back, obviously, played with them last year, gets involved in the rushing and receiving. Um, I, he finished sixth in rushing yards last year. And yeah, I just, I like this Stars team. I think they're going to come back and be very successful again.
0: I have Matt Colburn at number three.
1: Nice. Because
0: last year, Matt Colburn had the third best points above replacement in for, for all players, regardless of position. He was in the 67th percentile, and if you just went strictly on points above replacement last year, he would have been the third pick in the draft. Matt Colburn a is the deep dive. The <laughs> deep dive data. That's why you listen to the Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast. That's right. Matt Colburn was a beast last year. And granted, some of that was touchdown variance. He did have eight rushing touchdowns last year. But even if that falls back, Philly as a whole had a bunch of rushing touchdowns. You know, and at the end of the day, Paul Terry had two touchdowns on the ground. Darnell Holland had two. This is a team that had like 15, 16 rushing touchdowns. So if they're going to rush – if they're going to commit to running the ball like that, I think Matt Colburn's going to have another big year, especially if they're going to be missing Bug Howard for any stretch of time. And Colburn is just – he's an efficient player. He's a guy who averaged close to four and a half yards a carry. He's a guy who can get it done through the air as well, averaged almost eight and a half yards a catch and had a touchdown through the air. He's a guy who has – who spent some time with the Rams and was a player, you know, a good player at Wake Forest. He's reliable, and I want reliability. Give me Matt Colburn, third overall.
1: And I th- I think I saw that Paul Terry was cut, and Paul Terry ate into a little bit of his workload last year.
0: Yeah, as of now, he's not listed. The stars running backs are Matt Colburn, Darnell Holland, and Dexter Williams. And Matt Colburn had the biggest role out of the three of them last year. Yep. For sure. All right. Number five, who you got?
1: I got the um, third leading receiver as far as yards go, Marlon Williams of the Stallions. Um, This is a guy that I feel confident, whether it's Jamar or Magoo, um, I think he's going to have another good year, 474 receiving yards, four touchdowns. Uh, So, yeah, I got Marlon Williams.
0: And I had Marlon Williams at number six. I mean, he was a guy who was just really important you know, to that offense. I think he, you know, he's their leading, he's their guy who's coming back. You know, there were a bunch of guys ahead of him as far as yards. You know, there were some guys, sorry, some guys ahead of him as far as yards. But again, like you said, he stretched the field well. He got touchdowns. He was a reliable option for Jamar Smith and Alex Magoo. You got to like Marlon Williams there early in the late first round. For sure. Uh, number five, I had Case Cookus. You know, I know I gave that stat about quarterbacks, but at the end of the day, quarterbacks do matter, you know, quarterbacks yes. do matter. And Case Cookus last year put on a clinic towards the end of the season. You know, he was a guy who threw for a bunch of yards, you know, finished fifth in total yardage, 12 touchdowns to only five interceptions. And that was with not playing the first two games, So if you put another 600 yards on there, he would have been second in the league in yardage and would have had 17 passing touchdowns, which would have been first. And he would have had a touchdown to interception ratio that would have been the best in the league with that volume. Case is looks like a baller. And I'm excited to see what he does for the Philadelphia Stars with a full year without Brian Scott
1: breathing down his neck. <laughs> um, yeah, I won't spoil it, but I do have him higher here, so we'll get to him. Oh, uh, where, you him. Let's well. where you got us as well where you got it? all him. right he's my top guy he's um top guy he's my top guy. I like that they're returning Chris Roland Jordan Sewell bug Howard. They brought in Corey Coleman, who has some n f l experience and could do well. I just think they're building around, and then in the college draft. Like the first six rounds, they drafted offensive tackles to make sure that blindside wasn't getting hit. And with drafting six of them, at least some of them will probably not make the NFL and will be on the stars. So I think they're building around Cookus and and really trying to support him and help him succeed in every way. So, yeah, he's my number one guy here.
0: We'll get to my number one guy in a little bit here. Uh,
1: Number four. Did we say you're number four already? Nope. I got Dari- Darius Victor um, third most rushing yards last year with five seventy seven, and ran for nine touchdowns. This guy's a bowling ball. Uh, he's fun to watch. Bowling so, yeah, ball of
0: knives, Justin. <laughs> Remember there you go. what to call him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, he's so he's fun to watch and he's a, a very good running back hard to tackle and he's going to get those, those goal line carries. So yeah, I got Darius Victor at four.
0: I have Darius Victor at number two. Two. Darius Victor,
1: number one
0: in points above replacement last year in the in the USFL. Higher than teammate Kevontae Turpin by three percentage points. Wow. A full three percentage points. Darius Victor was an absolute monster on the ground. Mm-hmm. Darius Victor is also an underrated pass catcher. Mm-hmm. And the, prob- and the thing that people have a problem with is they can't get him on the ground. He had close to 700 all-purpose yards last year. Or he had more than 700 all-purpose yards and 10 total touchdowns. That is a guy I want on my fantasy team, and I would take him. I would be okay taking him at the top spot. Yeah. But he is my number two. My number four is Bo Scarborough. Nice. Bo Scarborough didn't have the gaudy numbers that other guys had in the regular season, only 353 yards, one touchdown, 84 rushes, but Bo Scarborough absolutely took over the USFL playoffs. Yeah. And he was absolutely, we were at that championship game and Bo Scarborough was dominant in the first half. For the Stallions And the Stars had to throw everything at him
1: To slow him down For sure Agreed, he is my uh, number three number
0: So three. I have
1: him way up there too um, The 352 yards However That was only in five games He played oh. in six But he only played a little bit in that very first game um, So yeah A full a full year I think he's going to tear it up And be top top two running back
0: and I think he's going to eat into some of JMR Smith's rushing work a lot around the goal line as well, because he is just unstoppable.
1: Big physical backs
0: in spring football go a long way. We all remember the Trent Richardson experience of the AAF. And if you don't Google Trent Richardson's AAF stat line, because it was ugly and beautiful all at the same time. <laughs> so Bo Scarborough, more talented than Trent Richardson. I will say that right off the bat. Agreed. You know, for those of you wondering, Trent Richardson in eight games had 11 rushing touchdowns while averaging under three yards a carry in the most Trent Richardson stat of all time with a long of 18 yards. <laughs> that was 2019 post Scarborough far better than Trent Richardson at the end of the day when it comes to Alabama running backs. Yes. Uh, number three. Oh, uh, we just talked about you had Scarborough, yeah. didn't you? Yeah.
1: Who's your three? I had Matt Colburn. At oh, right. Three.
0: Uh, anybody that we haven't mentioned yet in your top two right now? Yes. Who's your, who's the one we're missing? Who's your number two?
1: DeAndre Johnson is, I believe, I, is probably high on yours.
0: He is my number one. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think you would have DeAndre Johnson that high, Justin. Talk to me about DeAndre Johnson before I go into my DeAndre Johnson
1: spiel. I mean, DeAndre Johnson should, no no offense to Luis Perez, he did fine, but DeAndre Johnson should have been starting every game, the whole game last year. He's better throwing the ball. He's got a cannon for an arm and he runs. He's such an athlete. Um, 310 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns. And, you know, and that's just his rushing stat line. His passing stat line was good too. So, I think he's going to have the the full job now. Not the split. Seventy-two
0: percent completion percentage. His mm-hmm. seven hundred yards through the air. His ten point three yards per attempt. His hundred and two passer rating. Yeah. Luis Perez limited this New Jersey Generals offense. One hundred percent. Bart Andrews had played DeAndre Johnson. The Generals would have won the USFL championship, and mm-hmm. you can book that. If DeAndre Johnson stays healthy for all 10 games in the playoffs, he is going to rewrite the spring football record books. Jordan Tomu had 2,000 yards last year in the USFL. DeAndre Johnson can surpass that because yeah. he has, you, you could see it kind of on TV, but Justin, I was at that semifinal. Mm-hmm. And when DeAndre Johnson got on the field, it looked like it was a whole different game that was being played. Right, he has, he has an NFL caliber arm. His decision making might not be there, but Bart Andrews can make it, can make it work, and I think Bart Andrews can coach him up mm-hmm. if he just replicates. If you combined him and Luis Perez last year, nineteen hundred and seventy two passing yards, eleven touchdowns to three interceptions, not to mention close to over 400 yards rushing on the ground.
1: Yeah. He's, he's an athlete. He is a beast.
0: And I just, I don't know how you're not going all in on that because when you look at the New Jersey generals roster, Kyle Laletta doesn't blow me away.
1: Kyle Laletta <laughs>
0: saw some action last year, but he didn't do much. I mean, he, was middling for Pittsburgh had a was under 50% completion percentage and Dakota preck is just riding McLeod Bethel Thompson's coattails. Really <laughs> couldn't even start in the CFL. So why would we get excited about him coming to the USFL? Right. You know, he is, he will play the Deandre Johnson role this year. He is there to back up Deandre Johnson. And B De- DeAndre Johnson insurance. This is DeAndre Johnson's team, and he has a bevy of weapons: Randy Satterfield, Daryl Stewart Jr., Demorne Pearson L is back in the fold, which I really like to see because I'm a big Demorne Pearson L fan. Ever since his stint with the Battle Hawks in the XFL, and I believe he p- played in the AAF too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was a guy. He's a guy who is a speedster and you can get him involved in a whole bunch of ways all over the field.
1: And they got your guy, I don't remember where he fell on your list, but Alonzo Moore,
0: Alonzo Moore as well, you know, and that's right. DeMornay Pearson now was one of the top receivers in the AF with the Salt Lake stallions, where he was hamstrung by bad quarterback play, but he's a guy who can get open and can be used in a whole lot of different ways. So, I'm in on this Generals team, and dare I say, they're my preseason favorite right now. Really, Bart Andrews overthought it last year
1: with Luis Perez.
0: I am all in on the New Jersey Generals in
1: 2023. Nice. I, I like the Stars, of course, but um, Generals are a really good Even team. though they cut your boy, even though Brian they cut Scott. Him. I'm past that because he's in the Are CFL Are you past now. it? Are you past <laughs> it? Are you sure? They actually didn't cut him. He got injured. They kept him on the reserve list, and he decided he wanted to go on the XFL. But, yeah. He's, so, he's an Argo now.
0: <laughs> um, anything else? Anybody else we didn't talk about? Anybody you think is worthy of mention here? We went through our top 15. We listed some pretty – we lit, we went pretty deep with these guys. So, yeah you know, anybody you think we need to talk about still.
1: I mean, I'm sure there's going to be somebody that breaks out that nobody saw coming. It happens every year in these spring oh, leagues. Oh, there always but, is. Yeah. Um, but, no, those are the guys that I have my eyes on in the first couple of rounds for sure.
0: There we go. All right. Well – Thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the all fantasy sports Co- podcast. We're in week eight of the XFL season. We are 12 days out from USFL kickoff. I'm at that is. Oh Lord. We're tripping over everything. There's so much spring football <laughs> going on. We're just too excited.
1: That is Idaho's
0: finest, Justin Mark. And I am Adam Pelletier and we will see you next time. Nova Productions.